Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. And over five decades of hits and unique originals. He is from Austin, Texas. He left psychotherapy nine years ago to fully practice music. He has even made the charts with some of his songs. He has often been compared to John Mayer. So we're going to talk to him today about his musical endeavors and any new projects that he has coming up. John, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thank you for having me. Good to be here. Why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself, anything that you might want us to know? Well, uh, you're right. I am from Austin, Texas. I, uh, I was there for 25 years, but about five months ago, I actually moved to the Chicago area. So uh, that was a big change and one that I'm enjoying. My family is here and, and I just was sort of feeling a little itchy and ready for, uh, ready, for, ready for a change and ready to get out of Texas and try something new. So, so yeah, so that's, that's some big news. Well, start off by telling us how you got into music and, and what inspired you to get into music. Sure. Well, I always tell people I... I mean, I love to sing. I've always just loved to sing more than anything. When I was a little kid, I would, you know, crank my stereo in my room and sing along at the top of my lungs. And, and then I started playing the guitar around 12 or 13. I, uh, I loved the singer-songwriters like Harry Chapin and James Taylor. And I decided I wanted to start uh, actually being able to play some of the songs I sang along to. And... And then I was an athlete in high school. I played a lot of tennis. So music sort of took a backseat to that. But once I got into college, I started really concentrating on, um, on the guitar and music and started performing and got the bug and sort of haven't looked back since. Well, you decided to leave psychotherapy nine years ago to fully get into your music career and propel forward. What made you decide to do that after a successful career in psychotherapy? Yeah, well, I, I did. I, you know, I did psychotherapy for a long time and I loved it, but I did hit a point. I just hit a point where I was sort of burned out. What I figured at the time, well, a couple of things happened, but I, I really thought I'm like, okay, I'm just going to take six months off and then I'll go back to it. And at the end of six months, I, I still wasn't ready to go back to it. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe I need a little more time. So I took a year off still thinking I would go back to it. And after a year, I still didn't want to go back. So I thought, boy, maybe I'm really done with this. And then I had, then I started really thinking, I'm like, well, if I'm not going to do that, what do I really want to do with my time? And music was the only thing that sort of was calling my name. So I decided to uh, really just put my focus into that. Well, let's talk about the crowds that you've played in front of, because you've played in front of all kind of crowds during your career. Talk about that and the experiences that you had doing so. Yes, it's been good. I've been very lucky. Um, you know, Austin is a great place for music. And so 
lots and lots of places to play there uh, from everything from restaurants to coffee shops to bars, obviously. I have to say probably the, the, the most fun I've had at, at some gigs in general, I would say, was playing some festivals. I played some festivals in Austin and I played a big festival in Milwaukee a few years ago. Oh, they just festivals just in general just have such a good vibe and the people are happy and there's other performers there to talk with and hang out with. And I just love them. Uh, but I, I love performing. I can't wait to get back to it. I really miss it. And I'm hoping that by this summer, I'll be able to get back to it consistently. Well, let's talk about the biggest festivals you've played in before. <laughs> Tell us about those. Um, The one in Milwaukee was probably the biggest one I've played in. And of course, I'm blanking out on the name of it right now. So I'm so angry at myself. I think it was was like, it might have been Beer Fest. But I was on a a really cool stage that just happened to be in a really good location in the festival. So it was people, it was just, it was at at a part in the festival, at a point in the festival where um, just a lot of people congregated. And so I don't think I've ever played in front of that many people ever in my whole life. And, uh, and it was just, it was just really exciting. The sound was great. The sound guy was great. I had my sister and uh, her husband there. That was fun because we don't get to do many gigs together. I mean, she wasn't playing with me, but it was just fun to have her there. And the people were just really responsive and it was, it was very exciting and very rewarding. You've, during your career, you've been compared to John Mayer. Why do you feel like you have been compared to John Mayer? Are you glad to be compared to him? Well, so, why? Uh, of course. I mean, of course, anytime you're compared to a legend like that, it's it's a huge compliment. And I think, I think probably just because we're both, you know, singer songwriters. Well, I play just only the acoustic guitar and I'm a little bit more mellow than him, but he does have a lot of acoustic tracks that are uh, singer songwriter based. So I think, I think that's probably where the comparison comes from. And um, like I said, I mean, I, boy, I still, you know, I practice the guitar every day with the hopes of being as good as him one day. So <laughs> that's a huge compliment. But uh, I have I have a lot of work to do too. I get to play the guitar like he does. Well, let's talk about your songs that, that have hit the charts. What's your biggest success in your music career? And tell us about what charts you placed on and what songs they were. Sure. Well, the biggest one, just going back a couple CDs to... Uh, I think it was 2016, I had a release come out called Surrounding Colors. And on that CD, I had a song called The Place Where I Belong. And uh, it's a song I wrote actually about John Denver. When I was a kid, I lived in Colorado for four years. And this was when John Denver was at at his peak. And so we listened to him a lot. And... I hadn't been back to Colorado for a long time. This was a few years ago. And I finally went back and went to Aspen. Since I'd been there, they built the John Denver Sanctuary, which is right in the heart of Aspen, right by the Roaring Fork River. And it's just beautiful. It's beautiful flowers, the water, um, these huge stones that his, uh, his lyrics are engraved in them. And it was just a, it was just a very moving experience being there and brought back so many good memories of being a kid and listening to him when we would go up to the mountains and things like this. 
And uh, I came home from that just really moved by that. So I wrote a song about him. And that song got to number one on the Indie World Country Record Report. So that was pretty exciting. And then that whole album spent six months on the Americana radio chart. So that was uh, also very satisfying. And I'm really excited because I have this new CD that just came out on the 17th. Uh, It's an acoustic CD of older songs that I've written. I've always wanted to do an acoustic CD and and I just was excited to do this for a lot of reasons. And one of the songs that I re-recorded acoustically is The Place Where I Belong, that same song. And it's just getting a lot of positive feedback again, a lot of airplay, a lot of streams. And so I'm, I'm very, I'm very pleased with that. Well, tell people, for those who don't know, what styles of music you write and perform? Well, I play, uh, I, I always call myself a singer songwriter. Uh, I like to think of myself as I have a little bit more energy or a little bit more edginess than a uh, typical singer-songwriter. But, uh, you know, at my my core self, I consider myself a singer-songwriter. I play acoustic guitar. Lyrics are very important to me. Words are very important to me. Again, when I was growing up and, and the people I still listen to today are, I feel like I'm very heavily influenced by like James Taylor and Harry Chapin, Jim Croce, um, those type of people from the 70s. So, yeah, so some people, you know, it's it's hard to... I don't know. These days it's hard to pigeonhole artists, not just me, but a lots of artists. Cause I've been, I've been called indie folk. I've been called pop. I've been called singer songwriter. So it's sort of hard, but I always say, if I had to really define myself by just one thing, I'd say a, a singer songwriter. Well, let's talk about your new project that just came out. You talked about how you were really excited to release this new project. What were the most important reasons that the excitement came around this new project? Yeah, so I had two um, old releases, one from 2014 called Dreams uh, and Imagination. Uh, I I mean, I'm I'm very proud of that CD. That CD also spent six months on the Americana radio chart. There's a song on there, I Wish I Could Fly, that had some success on the charts. And it's a good CD. I'm very proud of it. Over time, you know, you listen to songs and you change a little bit. And I reworked some of those songs to make them a little bit more interesting. The guitar parts more interesting. The arrangements overall a little bit more interesting. So I was very excited to re-record some of those songs in this acoustic format because I think they're better than they were. And then my 2016 release, uh, Surrounding Colors, again, I'm very proud of that CD, but I went more electric. And after it was done and with time again, I sort of realized I'm more, I'm, I'm an acoustic musician. And so again, I wanted to re-record some of those songs. The arrangements didn't change, but I just wanted to re-record them acoustically. That's how they were written. And I felt like that's how they would sound best. So in uh, the end of last year, I went into the studio to make this CD. And it's always a little nerve wracking doing something like this because I was very strict. I said, it's just going to be two acoustic guitars, two vocals and a string section. And I said, and that's it. And, you know, I was, it's, it really, the song has to be good. I think to hold up when you put it with such bare bones. So I was nervous about that, but I have to say just the CD came out 
so, so good, so much better than I even hoped or expected. So I'm just so pleased with it. I feel the songs really uh, take on such a whole new life acoustically and in this uh, arrangement with the other songs in this CD. So I'm very proud of it. And uh, it's getting really good reviews in America and in Europe. So people seem to really be responding to it as well, which is nice because to me, that's sort of like validation that it is as good as I, <laughs> as I was thinking it was. <laughs> when you were able to tour and travel, tell us about the most interesting place that you went to and why did you feel like it was interesting in the place that you had the most fun singing? Yeah, good, good question. Because I've toured a lot in the Midwest because my family's here. And then I've toured a lot out West. And my last tour out West was really good. So I think I'm probably going to refer to that one. I had some gigs in Utah and in Arizona, New Mexico, uh, somewhere else too. I'm blanking on that as well. But uh, Colorado. I just love the West. I love the mountains. I love just the, I just love everything about the West. And so driving out there and being in that atmosphere was so beautiful and so rejuvenating. And I particularly love Santa Fe. And I've had two gigs out there that both went really well. I love the Native American culture that's embedded in Santa Fe. And uh, I just, I just feel so peaceful there. So that was probably, that was probably the highlight of that tour. Although I will say I did have a, a gig in Red River, New Mexico, which is a little mountain town. And I was in a cool place. I was outside and uh, the stage sort of faced the mountains. So for the whole gig, I was just looking at the beautiful mountains in front of me. And that one was really special too. So I can't wait to get back out West. If you have a chance of doing some international tours, where would you like to go to internationally? Yeah, and that's another thing. I love Europe, and I've been dying to get over there and plan to get over there in 2020. Uh, and obviously that didn't happen because of COVID. So it's back in the works, and I'm talking to my promoter and hoping we're talking about setting things up for uh, 2022 now. So um, hopefully that happens. And, God, you know, I, I love... Uh, I love Germany and I love London. I've been there. So I would like to go there, but also um, I've never been to Ireland. I, so that's on my list too. I'd really like to go play shows in Ireland and just be in Ireland. And uh, I've had some airplay over there that's gone well. So my promoter has some connections there as well. So I'd have to say, I mean, I think Ireland might be on the top of my list, but to be honest, I just think Europe is so great. I mean, if, anywhere. If I was in Germany or Belgium or London, I mean, it would all be fantastic. Tell us about how people can get your music and connect with you and follow what you're doing. Sure. Thanks. So my website is johnmcdonoughlive.com. And I know that's a mouthful <laughs> and I know that's hard to spell. So actually just recently I did something to try to make it easier for people. And I set up a Twitter account that is, um, it's simply John M. Live. And so it's J-O-H-N-M Live. And if you go there, the first tweet, the pinned tweet 
list my uh, website, my Facebook page, my Instagram page, some other things. So that's really an easy way to go and follow me where you want to follow me, whether it's on my website or Facebook, like I said, or Instagram. Again, so that's John M. Live on Twitter. That makes it very easy. And uh, the best place to follow me, I think, is on Facebook, my music page, because that's where I post. I mean, I post my gigs on my website, but I post them on Facebook also. And I can, if you follow me there, you can see, like, I'll tell you, hey, I'm going to be in your town in a month. You know, I'd love to meet you. I'd love to see you. Um, and I also do some live streams on that. Um, and they're a lot of fun. I have a good setup for live streams and I can see who's in the room and I can easily see like people can ask me questions or make requests and I can respond in real time. So uh, it's not as good as live, but it's pretty good. So my Facebook page is probably good. And that's John McDonough Live as well. Other than your new project that you just released, do you have any other things upcoming that you're working on? Any tour date set or anything like that? Not, not yet in terms of tour dates. I, I want to wait and just make sure things are safe before I do that. I, I started to book things last year again, and then I had to cancel them all again. And so I don't want to really do that again. So this time I'm, I'm being very safe and I want to make sure that uh, things are open and it's not going to be dangerous for me or for people that come out to hear me. So my goal is to get out and start playing over the summer. And also in 2020, I had a big tour planned for the East Coast and I've never played in the East Coast. So I was very excited for that. And again, I had to cancel it. So that's my goal too. hopefully by the end for the end of this year to maybe go back and do that uh, tour on the East Coast. And I am, I'm always writing for the next CD and I've already got almost all the material for a new CD. So that's exciting. But uh, this CD literally just came out you know, like a week ago. So I won't be going into the studio anytime soon, but I'm already very excited about the songs that I have and, and excited to share those in probably another year and a half or so. But right now I'm just focused on this CD that just came out and getting uh, getting back out there and playing. And like you brought up earlier, hopefully getting to Europe as well. Well, I like to put my singers that I interview on the spot. <laughs> so why don't you go ahead and give us a little acapella vocals from one of your top songs. Oh boy, you are putting me on the spot. Oh my gosh. All right, let me think for a second. And uh, let me pick something good here. All right. Oh boy, I can't believe you're doing this to me. All right. It's so cold in here, and no one ever speaks. And all I hear is the traffic through the door. Some days I get lucky. A little sun shines through and warms up my bones for an hour or two. How was that? That was pretty good. <laughs> the, the listeners are going to love that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So that's uh, that's from a song again that's off my new CD um, and uh, called Nowhere Else to Run that I'm very, I, very proud with how that one came out as well. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you have any 
final thoughts or advice or tips for any aspiring singers, songwriters out there, just any kind of life advice before we close it out? Sure, sure. Well, a couple things, but uh, before I get into that, I just want to say thank you for having me and it's been fun. And I always tell people the story when they ask that, when, uh, that question. I have another friend who lived in Austin for many years and uh, he's also a musician and we were talking once, this was a few years ago. And, you know, with so with music being so competitive and everyone having access to recording and YouTube and stuff. And I, and I was just saying to him, I said, I said, I just sort of don't know what to focus on. You know, there's so much to do and should I focus on, um, recording or playing live or you know making videos or live streaming and uh and he said something I've, I've never forgotten and it applies to everything not just music he said you have to do it all and you have to do it all the time and while that can sound and feel sort of overwhelming it's really true i think to be successful in this business or in any business you know, you have to do it all and you have to do it all the time. And so that is my advice to people. And I also tell them to just work really hard on your craft because you can't, again, it's so competitive. You can't really afford to have any weaknesses. So you have to, I tell them, work on better, being a better singer, work on being a better musician, work on being a better performer and work on being a better songwriter. Because uh, if you have... Like I said, you just can't afford to have any weaknesses. So, so that's sort of the advice I always give to people when they ask me those type those that question. Ladies and gentlemen, John McDonough. John, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Anytime. And listeners, please be sure to follow, rate, review, subscribe. And share, ladies and gentlemen, John McDonough. John, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Anytime. And listeners, please be sure to follow, rate, review, subscribe, and share. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.